Okay. Hey. We're JC. And Jess. This is Pray For Us. Yay. A podcast about practicing an ancient religion in the modern day. We're talking about how we observe Judaism when it comes to holidays, relationships, food, and everything in between. Today, we're talking to H. Allen Scott. Can I talk now? Thanks for being here. (laughs) It's always strange to get an introduction when you're looking at the people, because on stage, you're off stage. You don't. He- you only hear the introduction, mm-hmm. and you're you're pumping yourself up. And if you're me, you're listening to like Bette Midler or something. And like, and then you go as soon as they say your name. Whereas on podcast, it's like, I see you. We're looking at each other. I'm it's admiring your your Prince T-shirt from Forever Twenty One or Urban, <laughs> wherever it Yikes. came from. I know because I have uh, my boyfriend has the same thing, and I know where he bought it. Your boyfriend has great taste. He does. Uh, but it's weird when you're like in the same room and they're interviewing you. So. Hi, I can talk now. Welcome. Welcome. We're so happy you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I love it. Jews. Uh, Jews United. Uh, so Shabbat Shalom. By Shabbat the way. Shalom. Good Shabbos. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we've never recorded on a Friday. Oh, this sacrilege. Is a holy moment. Yeah, it is. A, we're having yeah. a holy moment. I don't think yes. we're supposed to be using technology. Oh, and I brought mint Milanos. A traditional Jewish food. A traditional Should we start Jewish eating food. on the mics? I think no, that don't, works really don't. well on Do podcasts. Not. I have I been podcasting long it. enough to know people have a visceral reaction to food on podcasts. JC and I have fought over this because you really want to do a food episode. I want to do a food episode, but I understand You have to do it like the NPR show here in LA on the weekends, the food one, you know? That is what I told you to listen to. Yeah, you have to listen to it. It's great. It. It's on Sundays or something, and it's like, I don't know what it's called, but she's so soothing because she's like and then the berries the berries they 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 get into the soup in a way that you just wouldn't imagine it's, just, <laughs> it's like asmr but it is for food and then you just hear level. little snippets you're like and then the berries, the berries. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just so yeah i love it i only yeah. hear it in ubers though yeah. i don't seek it out but yeah. when i hear it i'm like oh, it's, it's good you should That's get that good. npr okay. app i have it NPR one. Why am I bra- We're not on NPR. Why are I we know. advertising? Oh, <laughs> oh a, sorry. A, a no ads on this podcast. No sponsors. Sponsor free. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> um, so thank you for being on the podcast. Just yeah. so everyone knows, you're a writer, comedian, mm-hmm. documentarian, drag queen, drag queen, yeah. Golden Girls aficionado, yep. Yep. and your recent, somewhat recent convert to Judaism. Yeah, I mean, the conversion happened within the past five years, but mm-hmm. the, I had the bar mitzvah, which is the... Mazel's you Mazel. Made it thank you, thank you, which is the uh, basis of the film, Latter-day mm-hmm. Jew. That was just a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. and you were, were raised Mormon. I was raised Mormon. I obviously turned out to be a homosexual, and then I got so I became a comedian, obviously, because mm-hmm. with that background, um, and simply then, no other option. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's called and a then, calling. Um, uh, and then I got some cancer, and then I converted to Judaism. Hell yeah! I mean, yeah. What do you do with that? It's like <laughs> you stay uh. silent. You're just like, great, you win that one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats to you on all accounts. <laughs> um, let's talk comedy for a second. Sure. Uh, in your documentary, you said you always felt like. You know, watching comedians, that was your calling and that was your thing. When was the first time you got on stage and tried comedy? What yeah. was that like? Well, uh, two stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I think because for a comedian, there's the first time you got on stage and then there's the first time you got a laugh, oh, yeah. which are like mm-hmm. two very, very different, different things. Very different things. The first time I got on stage, that's the less funny story. Um, I I was in St. Louis, Missouri, where I'm from, and there's a funny bone in, which is a comedy club mm-hmm. with a chain in uh, the suburb, and I went to try out, like do an open mic thing, but they were not about to have a very homosexual comedian randomly in um, in on the show. They just wouldn't book me. They never would yeah. put me up. I never could get on. So there was a place downtown in St. Louis, uh, like a Cedric the Entertainer type spot. He's from St. Louis, and he had like a club or a night or mm-hmm. something. It was mm-hmm. called Cafe Soul, and they had like an open mic thing, and I was able to get up and do some jokes in a room full of mainly African-Americans that did not know what they were getting with me. They saw this like white homosexual, very (laughs) effeminate, just sort of weirdo who like sounded a bit like B. Arthur when he was doing his jokes. (laughs) I thought that was funny and I bombed. It was horrible. It was horrible, but 
I loved it. Like it was so, right. it was, like, it was mm-hmm. just so fun. So the first time I got a laugh though, that actually was at a bar mitzvah. It was my first and only oh. bar mitzvah before my own, um, where I was, it was in St. Louis, Missouri, and it was Steve. And he, his mom, I was friends with the family, and they were like, come. And I didn't know any other Jews. Literally, the only Jews I knew were, like, Steven Spielberg and Steve. And that was it. (laughs) Like, those are the only Jews I knew. Yeah. (laughs) And I knew nothing about Judaism. And so I went to this bar mitzvah. But before I went, my mother, who loves, we're like, we we like to really, like, shit on each other in my family. (laughs) And my mom played a joke on me. And she told me they circumcised the boy at the bar mitzvah. Oh, my. Now, me being me, I was like a chatty little fucker. Like, I was just like, I told everyone at this bar mitzvah that Steve was about to get circumcised because I was that kid. And I got to the point where I had told so many people about Steve getting circumcised that I psyched myself out. That I was like. You were like ready for circumcision. No. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't see it. I didn't want to see it because then I thought about what goes into a circumcision. I was like, I don't like blonde. I don't want to see that. I don't even watch ER. It was the 90s. I <laughs> was like, I did not want to see Steve get circumcised, even though I love seeing penises. I did not want to see Steve get circumcised. I don't blame you. Yeah. And so I went up to Mrs. I went up to his mom. I don't want to say his last name because he's a real human <laughs> being Steve's who mom. has maintained his name over these years. Um, I went up to Steve's mom and I was like, great party, having a lot of fun. Um, but I'm Mormon and I can't see Steve get circumcised and <laughs> so she yeah had that she looked at me she really didn't even laugh she just looked at me sort of like not shocked but just questioning and then she grabbed me by the hand and she took me to a, a table of women all around her age and she said say the exact same thing you just oh, said to me to these women no. and I did and they all busted up laughing I was mortified but I also kind of loved it because I knew in that moment like there was something about me that was funny. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what it yeah. was. I didn't know what I did. I didn't know anything about it. But I knew I had an ability to make strangers laugh. And that was it. That was my first laugh. That's and, yeah. amazing. a great my first story. Laugh. Laughed? Did I say laugh? <laughs> my first laugh. Laughs. Yeah, I just had a stroke. <laughs> At that point, did you also feel like, oh, I think I want to be Jewish one day. Like, I think I want to convert. Or did that no, come later? No, that came much later. Because, again, my only experience with Jews at that point, that I, in my community, there were no Jews. There literally were two Jews in my high school that I knew of. Um, I knew no Jews. And even though St. Louis has a pretty yeah. thriving mm-hmm. Jewish community, it the the suburbs didn't. They just don't. It's very Christian. And so right. I didn't really know any. I literally, the only experience I had with Jews was Schindler's List. That was it. Yeah. And, which is not the best experience in yeah. the world to have. And so I didn't know anything. It wasn't until college that I learned anything about Jews. Did you stay in St. Louis for college or did you venture? No, Chicago. Chicago. So you met some Jews. Yeah. I met, well, I met some, I didn't really meet some Jews, but it was in college. I remember my counselor was like, are you going home for the high holy days? And I had no idea what she was talking about. And then she said, oh, I thought you were Jewish. And then she explained, she gave me books and I started reading. Uh, And then I knew a lot more. And it was Kind of then, because when I was a kid going through the Mormon baptism parks, you have to go through a process when you're baptized Mormon because you get baptized later. Um, and they pushed my baptism back because I was such a bad Mormon. And <laughs> um, and they, uh, so you ha- I kept questioning things. And the Mormons kept telling me, like, you just have to have faith. Like, they nef- and I kept having so many questions, mm-hmm. which should have been the first sign that I'm Jewish. Um, <laughs> but then in college, when I started reading the books that my counselor gave me, I started recognizing that these questions that I had when I was a kid were being answered with the Jewish text that I was reading as a little mini adult, a little mm-hmm. kid adult. I, was, right. I wasn't an adult then. I thought I was. Um, was there yeah. a point in your Mormon upbringing when you thought to yourself, this isn't me, this isn't? Yeah, it was when I was baptized. It yeah. literally was when I was baptized. I So when Mormons get baptized, you get baptized in sort of a body of water, but it's really just a jacuzzi in the church. And it's like, like a luxury. It's, <laughs> it's, it is very similar, but a mikvah is more class. At least the LA one out here, the one off the 405 there at, what is that university? Oh, oh, the Jewish University um, on the 405. Uh, this is such an L.A. Yeshiva? thing. No, the American no. Jewish University. Yeah, American Jewish University. <laughs> yes, they have, they have a great mikvah there, and that's where I had my mikvah, beautiful mikvah. Nothing like what the Mormons gave me. They gave me a jacuzzi in front of my entire family, and I was 12 years old, and I was just going through puberty. This is going to be more penis stuff. And I was so gay. And I finally like gave in to sort of all my brothers had been baptized. And my mom was just sort of getting frustrated with me not sort of cooperating with the missionaries. And when you get baptized as a Mormon, you have an elder. I mean, I don't know if it's different for, for women, but for little boys, you have an elder who's sort of like 
the priest or the rabbi or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you have a missionary who sort of is with you the entire time to sort of guide you through the process. And I don't know if you know anything about missionaries, but they come Everything I know is from the Book of Mormon. Okay. Well, similar then. Okay. Well, um, so usually because they are so young, they have the youth and Mm -hmm. beauty on their side. And um, the missionary that I had was gorgeous, like Gorgeous, That's and I so was funny. twelve, and I was like, "I will get baptized for you." <laughs> and so, um, when I was getting baptized, I was in this white sort of jumpsuit robe kind of thing. It was weird, and and I wasn't really wearing anything on underneath. And I'm about to get dunked in this pool in front of my entire family. And as I'm getting dunked, the missionary's holding me, sort of lovingly, with, um, with all my shoulders, and he's dunking me into the water. And I'm not thinking of Brigham Young or Jesus or. Joseph Smith or any of the things that a Mormon is supposed to be thinking of, Mm. I am only thinking that the top of my head is going to be inches away from what makes him a man. And it got me through my baptism. And that's also when I knew I was not a Mormon. (laughs) (laughs) Not a Mormon. If you're thinking of Dick when you're getting baptized, you know something's Something's wrong. Something's off. (laughs) Yeah, something's wrong. Probably not taking the right path. Yeah, so I hope that answers No, that totally does. How many siblings do you have? I have, uh, well, I have a lot because my parents separated, but I have three immediate brothers. Are they all still? Um, No, my my older brother is still Mormon. Um, My other older brother kind of just left He's sort of agnostic, doesn't really care yeah. about anything. And my little brother converted to Catholicism because he married really? a Catholic. Oh, That's so fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And how has the Mormon community perceived you now that you have converted? They don't like me. Um, <laughs> they, uh, no, I mean, I, like, I, when we started the film, I was very insistent that this is not going to be a hate parade on Mormons. No, I don't no. have anything against Mormons. Um, I do have a ethical and political sort of differences with how they treat certain marginalized communities and how they treat women within, you know, the religion. I, that's just, but that's a personal issue. Um, But I didn't want to make it a film about that. You know, I didn't want to make it a film about bashing Mormons. I wanted to make a film about a person sort of choosing to find themselves and not sort of be what their parents or their childhood dictated they should be, Mm -hmm. you know, in their adult life. And uh, so Mormons don't love me the most. I get a lot of messages from them. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so are, oh my god. You're so close with your family though, right? Cuz I am very close. Okay. Yeah. In the movie, I feel like that's definitely like comes across. Yeah, my, it, well it's funny in the audiences in the film, like who see the film, they my mom is she steals the movie. She's she's so she's me. I mean, her and I are, mm-hmm. were funny yeah. together and I always say like I figured out how to like tell a joke in as few words and my mom never really figured out how to tell a short joke <laughs> and that's just the difference between us your mother and, and I have that in common <laughs> yeah like I mean I know how to like get a line out and move and she yeah. the story keeps going and uh, which I love but she's but we have a very similar personality whereas my siblings and my stepdad they people in the film watch the film and they think that because they're so quiet and reserved that they don't accept sort of who I am or my mm-hmm. what I did or anything and I have to tell audiences no they're just really boring people like yeah. my brothers and my stepdad are so boring. They <laughs> they don't talk and you mm-hmm. can ask them a question and they won't respond. And it's really because my mother and I suck up all of the energy in the room. So it kind of works. You guys Yeah, I mean I love out. it. I want the attention. I understand that completely. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you do you think that your family or your siblings or anyone in your St. Louis life had a preconceived notion about Judaism that was changed by you converting to Judaism? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, there's a uh, there's a big thing that we explored in the film where um, when I converted, my mom, uh, I had told her that I was doing, uh, Ju- uh, oh God, not Jewish 101, what is it called? When you convert? Conversion classes, Conversion whatever. Class. And there's a, there's a like name for the, it though, yeah. there is a name. I was going to say Hebrew school, but I feel like that's there's, an, there's an actual name. Whatever. It's been, I did it and I passed. We um, believe you. <laughs> but I, uh, when I told her I was doing that, she, her response was just sort of like, oh, that's interesting. Like it was very reserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what, I didn't know what that meant, but I felt the feeling inside me was like, oh, don't talk about this. Don't, this is something that is to not go deeply in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I didn't. And then in the film, we addressed that and, I wasn't that at all. Uh, but I'll save people to watch the film to find out what her reaction was. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so how long is the process 
for conversion and like at what when did you decide you wanted to do it mm -hmm. and how much time was there between so i was in chemo mm -hmm. and i was at the tail end of chemo and i had a lot of time on my hands mm -hmm. I, um, the chemo dose that i had was for testicular cancer it's very curable but because of that the chemo treatment is very intense and mm -hmm. um you go on a uh, like a cycle, but I was doing sort of five days a week, you know, most of the day. Uh, so I had a lot of time on my hands and I couldn't work and I couldn't do a lot of things. And so I was, I had seen a psychiatrist to sort of help with all of the trauma of cancer. And, uh, and I, I had gone to a couple of temples. I went to a gay temple here in Los Angeles and great temple, really great temple, but they kept saying how diverse they were. And I was like, mm, only gay people though. And mm -hmm. so it didn't right. feel very right. diverse to me. And, uh, and then my psychiatrist, this is so LA, my psychiatrist <laughs> was like, oh, well, you should check out this one guy, Rabbi Zach Shapiro of Temple Akiba. It, mm -hmm. He's gay, but the temple is very mixed. And I was like, oh, let's do it. And I went and met him, and it it just sort of happened real quick. I, I, I started in the class, and it just felt right. And it kind of gave me a distraction from everything else that was going on in my life mm -hmm. at that time. And um, yeah, and the process, it was about a year, total about a year that I okay. had to do everything. And then this is so random. Do you have to like pay in order to like? I I'm so curious yeah. about the logistics of it. It's um, I, I, you have to do a. Do I think it's a donation to the temple okay, or to the Reform Jewish like you know movement yeah. thing. So it's very accessible. It is very accessible, and you can get a if you can't. There there are there are systems in place that if you can't afford it, you can access the classes. So it's probably it's not like scholarships, but you don't. Yeah, really but it's not expensive. Back. I mean, I'm I'm so cheap, and if it was too expensive, I would have figured out a different way of doing it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I would have gotten married or something. Like I would have done something <laughs> to get around that the high ticket. So it wasn't very much. I, it was like under a hundred or something. Oh wow! It wasn't. I mean, from what That's I remember. But then again, I have a horrible memory. So I don't know. Do you find that because you went through this for a year and took the class um, that you know more about Judaism than your friends and who um, actually grew up Jewish? Well, I do find that like I'm more excited about being Jewish than some of my yeah. friends who mm -hmm. grew up Jewish. And that's something that I talk about um, with my friend Elliot Glazer, who I do a podcast with. Um, You're making it worse. And we he, he he and his sister and his family all were born and raised Jewish. That's, their, that's how they grew up. And he always says that he kind of stopped being Jewish um, after his bar mitzvah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. through me and through the process of me discovering sort of the type of Jew that I wanted to be and who I felt I was, he realized that he could be a different kind of Jew. And yeah. I mean, even just on the way here, I haven't texted him back, but he was like, oh, I'm going to this one service. Do you want to come with? And Obviously, I'm not going to go now because I'm talking with you guys. But um, he got really excited about getting involved. You should in probably doing... text him back. I probably should. But waiting. He's fine. He'll go on his own. He's fine. He's a big boy. <laughs> I always find that people who convert are so much more knowledgeable about their religion. Oh, yeah. I, I See, the thing is, I don't feel – I don't know. I, I feel I feel very smart, but I feel like I don't have that lived experience that so many people have. And so sometimes mm -hmm. I do yeah. feel insecure because there are certain words I don't know or certain ways of doing things I don't know. And But yet I feel very Jewish. But I also, and I think a lot of times converts have this, where, I mean, I could dive in and really become, you know, like president of my temple's board or something. Yeah. Like I could really become active, but I'm busy. I got like work to do. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yes. And I so I don't I don't do that necessarily, but I do feel very Jewish and I feel like a very big cheerleader for Judaism. Mm -hmm. And I feel very engaged and active. And if that means that I know a lot about Judaism, well then great. Yeah, because I got a lot of people wanting to come do Jewy things with me. That said, I my rabbi really wants me to become a rabbi, and I will never be a rabbi. Oh. My Google history is too shady. <laughs> I will never be a rabbi. That would be insane. Yeah, I can't be a rabbi. I mean, watch now, 10 years later, Latter-day Jew 2 is me becoming a rabbi. But I, um, no. That I would can't. just really take your story to the next level. I can't be a rabbi, you guys. I got too much things going on. It has to stop somewhere. It does have to stop somewhere. <laughs> you know, I mean, can you imagine? There is one drag queen rabbi. Um, he's a former rabbi in San Francisco. I'm blanking on his name now, but he's great. 
and he you, you should interview I must, him yeah i must um, know him yeah he's great i'll i'll find the information uh but yeah there's there's one but you don't need another one let him have that he can have the spotlight yeah let him have that verification i mean like a sermon a 10 minute yeah. set it's all the same can you, you don't imagine to, in like in like stilettos is. and like big <laughs> lashes i mean can't see the torah through the lashes i'd like, definitely be more excited about going right? to temple yes. i'm actually thinking about doing a drag shabbat thing sort of like you know how there's like I drag brunches so yes. yes i think there needs to be a drag shabbat oh, oh for sure right and well, i'm trying I'm to convince that, that doesn't exist uh, a guest that you guys had on Alex Rabbi yeah. Alex. I yeah. don't know if he's before me or after me I don't know how this is working but he's gonna be on this podcast <laughs> either has or hasn't and, uh, and he's he's great and I'm trying to convince him to be a part of it I think he'd do it yeah I mean I he's straight like so he might not want to mm-hmm. like have a re- <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. you know I don't want to make that his thing but who knows I'm like very have, into that yeah I think yeah. people would show up for that I think for so sure. oh Especially I know people would town? show up yeah. oh yeah people would definitely show up that sounds like my kind of Shabbat. It feels like very East Side, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it's going to be. Where, where is that gay temple? Uh, well, there's a few. There's one downtown. See, and look at me. I'm one, so ignorant. I'm like, where is that gay yeah, temple? There's one downtown, and there's one um, in, uh, in like, by the Target in West Hollywood oh. um, on La Brea. Yes. I'm blanking on the name of it now because I have a horrible memory. I but, saw yeah. it right around there. Did... Yeah. It's great. It's right there on La Brea, right by the Jim Henson Studios. That's so interesting. Yeah. We have to explore that further. Let's just go stand All your non-LA listeners are like, I am bored now. <laughs> no, like, we don't want to talk about La Brea LA anymore. LA people love no talking about traffic and yeah. directions. Um, how did you feel about giving up uh, Christmas? Um, did you, know, you give up Christmas? Or did you? I mean, I'm, I, I'm in a relationship with uh, agnostic, former Catholic, Mexican guy. Mm-hmm. And... Christmas was never a big deal to my family. It was always okay. more about like the movies and the food than it was about yeah. like mm-hmm. having a religious moment. Um, also, Hanukkah's not a big deal to me either. Hanukkah's it's, not a big deal. It's such a, such a bullshit holiday. Yeah. Let mm-hmm. me be real. Yeah. I mean, it is just, it feels, it all just feels so forced. And all I want to do is just eat and chill and drink some wine. Me why can't too. we just, why do I have to do all the things? Uh, I love the time off, though. I do love oh, the day off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> same. That's lovely. And the sales, uh, and the sales too. Love I really them. took part in the sales. Yeah, I um, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I don't really feel like I had to give up Christmas because for so much of my childhood, we never even had a Christmas tree. Because my mom was just like, "This is gonna it's be a mess like a anyway." Yeah, exactly. We for are lazy people, and maybe yeah. that's also the first sign I was Jewish. I'm very lazy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's so funny that you say you're like. I sometimes feel like maybe like insecure when mm-hmm. like you don't know certain words, but you feel. Jewish. Yeah. As someone who's born and raised Jewish, I still feel that. Me too. Like, why do you feel that though? I think there's so much to know, mm-hmm. like an overwhelming amount of information, not to mention an entire language that yeah. I don't speak. And I don't always practice the same way that like more conservative people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are so, you both reform or what? Yeah. 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 Okay. I had a moment at uh, a festival QA where Someone asked me, I'm going to blank on the word now, but someone asked me if I had found my Hebrew word and it meant like family, love. Oh, yeah, I don't know that. I don't know it. And I'm such like a rooted in comedy, yes and person Mm -hmm. that I was just like, yes. But. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and then she was just like, okay. (laughs) So, I mean, I I just have to kind of just like go with it sometimes. and and, And yes, maybe. There was one moment, actually, another one where someone some little girl in San Francisco a- after a festival screening asked me something, I don't know, and I was just like, yeah, you should do it. And she was like, why though? That's so bad. And I <laughs> clearly I should not have mm-hmm. yes-anded that question. And then because she was a little girl, she was like, she was harping on it and she, she was, was like focusing really on asking it. asking you for answers. And I did the thing that I always do where I, I, I like, I start messing with my ear and it's the sign for my boyfriend to come <laughs> rescue me. <laughs> It's literally because there are so many times in Q and A's where I mean I'm nobody. Literally, I'm nobody. But okay. at Q and A's, like people, they want to come and ask you lots of questions. And because the film has so much to do about cancer and sensitive subjects mm-hmm. and topics and all these yeah. things, they ask really personal questions mm-hmm. to the point where like there's only so much you can talk about people who have died. You know what I mean? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so I need a, a signal to get me out of. Things. That's very smart. Yeah. That's, yeah. I yeah. would do the same. It works. 
We should have a signal. Oh, it's really <laughs> important. Yeah, it's, it's me taking off my <laughs> headphones and storming out. How about that? That's the signal. It's so, I mean, I don't say nice to meet you anymore. I always say nice to see you. I don't mm-hmm. say, like, whenever I'm. The Kardashians do that. Yeah, it's really key. And if you don't know someone's name, you always immediately introduce the person you do know. Like, it's. It, oh, it, instead of me walking into you this <laughs> morning and being like, who are you? Because yeah. <laughs> I was standing at the door with, like, my sunglasses on, like my coffee in my hand. I was such an L.A. person at the door. Sure. Yes. We weren't going to take the wrong person and start recording a podcast. Who's this, who's this randomly large person in a lot of black with coffee and glasses on standing at our door? Oh, it's our guest. So, uh, to circle back to Hanukkah quickly, yeah. obviously not a big deal to yeah. you or me. Or it, me. Do you so, care about it? No. I think it's for the kids. Yeah. That's what it's about. Was it as a kid, though? Did you care about it as a kid? I cared I about eight presents, which is yeah. selfish. Yeah. Or sure. 16 spoiled. presents. You got 16. I would sometimes get multiple presents, but I realized okay, it's because yeah. here's the thing. Because <laughs> Were they substantial? Were they like iPods? No. 16 iPods. As, <laughs> as a child, I got a lot of gifts, and then as yeah. I got older, oh. I started asking for more expensive things, oh. and I got fewer gifts. Yeah. Now I get one gift, here's, which I think is still nice. Yeah. That's so nice. My birthday is very close to Hanukkah, mm. so it's usually like, do you want to just do one thing all together? And yeah. usually the answer is yes, but mm-hmm. if not, then my mom will send me like yeah. some soap or like I don't sunscreen. Need, I mean, I just don't... I don't care about presents. I'm horrible at giving presents. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm really a bad person. No, you're not. <laughs> but my question was, are there any holidays that you are excited about that you do celebrate? I love the 4th of July. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. How do you celebrate? How do you practice? <laughs> I really do. I was thinking about that recently. I'm like, if I had to have a holiday that I love the most, it would be 4th of July because it has great food. <laughs> <laughs> it's near my birthday. Good weather. Um, hot dogs. Yeah, great you're weather. A, hot, dog hot dogs. Guy? I Coach love hot dogs. Yes, I love a hot mm, dog. Me too. Oh. Love a hot dog. Um, it's such an American thing. I love it. Uh, and no holidays. Um, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Ke- I do have a moment where I do kind of do things in my own way. And if, well, hmm, I don't know. That's a weird question for me, even because even as a convert without a family, like I don't like mm-hmm. so often people who convert they're doing it because of marriage right that's usually often the case and so then of course that person then takes part in customs with their family mm-hmm. i'm the weirdo who doesn't have a family so you have to make your own traditions so and i have to exactly it is a lot of work and if, if you don't have children and your spouse isn't jewish then i'm i could leave the house to go you know recognize a holiday <laughs> do or, that. but I don't I mean and then I, I also am traveling a lot like yeah. literally I got back yesterday and I'm leaving again tomorrow morning so it's like the whole at this point in my life building a, a, a lifestyle and sort of family around the holidays right. is, is really mm-hmm. really difficult and you're also like us LA transplants yeah mm-hmm. L- LA transplants there's a lot of transplants, transplants here LA. yeah, yeah but, so sometimes it gets stressful around like Passover people are yeah. trying to throw things together and it's mm-hmm. like I never know where to go. And you get invited to Passover things, and that is great. But I don't know. It doesn't – sometimes I I feel really detached from a lot of the holidays. I think because of the stage of the life – my life that I'm in now Mm -hmm. in my Mm -hmm. 30s, you know, and just my life is so focused on work that – and just sort of getting – doing the things that I have to be doing Mm -hmm. um, so that maybe I can take a break in my 40s and actually observe a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. A break. I know. (laughs) I know. Oh, perpetual adolescence. I'm not going to have that break until I'm in my 50s, right? Oh, later for me. <laughs> for sure. I'm like, oh, 50s. That's, that's. That sounds great. Um, should we play our game? Oh, we have a game? Yeah, we have, oh, I we love, love games. it. I you love, love games. Game. I hope it's Same. not a quiz, though. It's, Jewish well, words. No, we okay, would good. fail that. There's good. no I mean, wrong answer. It's not, answer. not oh, a quiz, no but it's answers. like there's no wrong answer. Oh, so it's like a, it's like a, at, at like rehab when they like it's play games. just like rehab. This whole podcast is rehab. I went to rehab. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so our game is called... Stuff They Didn't Teach You in Conversion School. <laughs> Wait, is this every episode? I hope no, not. No, we made this I mean, for you. How weird would that be for your other guests who are like, I, I didn't go to conversion born school. this way. <laughs> this is a custom game. Okay. Customized for you. Okay. All right. <laughs> Basically, you just have to answer the questions. I, it's those actually just more questions. I'm good at that. I can do this. All right. No pressure. Where is the bless the best place to get bagels in Los Angeles? Oh, nowhere. Um, You're right. I mean, <laughs> there, we lied. There are it's right. True. There, it, this, this is a shit fucking town. But there is a place in, in Pasadena that I'm 
blanking on the name of. Write this down. Uh, ooh, I'm blanking on the name of it though, but they were delicious. They were airy. Do you like? But it depends on how you like your bagel. Do you like an airy bagel? I like I, a dense bagel personally. Oh, you and like, I, do you like, I, I like an airy no. bagel. I like an airy. I like an airy because bagel. an airy I find like sucks up whatever product you put on yeah, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a cream, a cream cheese nice, and locks. Yes, person. yes. Like I'm yeah. a cream cheese only. I like. I want all of that cream cheese just smothered on. Oh, it's so good. I love. Yeah, oh, I love I cream can go cheese. For a bagel right now. Yeah. I almost got one this morning, and then I remembered. Do you guys all do a Noah's bagel? Do you have? Oh, are they bad? I've yeah. never had it, but I pass it all the time. And I, I always don't think about think it. They're good. They're at not. All. Yeah, no. Sorry to. There know are this. no good bagels in Los Angeles, and I mean, we. You're from New York. We're, yeah. You're not from New York. I'm from Arizona. Yeah, you're from Arizona, mm-hmm. so you never knew bagels. Um, <laughs> but in New York, I mean, God. I mean, I eat 13, and I go for three days. I like, have never. Disgusting. When I was living in New York, I, I was I was working on. I used to work in politics, and I worked on a lot of Jewish campaigns. Anthony Weiner specifically. Famously, wow. um, before he showed his wiener, and I, I was, and I lived in Anthony Weiner's father's basement, and um, the bagels that I had working for Jewish politicians, <laughs> whew, I had a tour of New York bagels, and I feel like I really, in my essence, know bagels now. You lived in Anthony Weiner's father's, yeah, basement? for a short period of time, went on the campaign when he was running for mayor in two thousand and five. Yeah. Holy absolute shit. And I, was wor- is, I worked for... That should be your Twitter bio. I know, mm-hmm. right? Well, no one wants to know that. <laughs> Literally, no one wants to know that. No, um, uh, yeah, I worked I worked for him. I worked for Hillary Clinton. I worked for a few others. Oh, that's, that's She's awesome. not Jewish, but basically Jewish. Her basically. daughter converted, yeah. though, I think. Yes, yeah. They live in Chappaqua. That's, like, the most. Yes, mm-hmm. I love a Chappaqua. I love... That's, Ooh. like, very close to where I'm from. After the election, I was in New York, and I, I went to the woods to look for her. <laughs> She wasn't there, <laughs> but I went. Like, did you succeed? I mean, I, like, uh, yeah, I went to the woods. That's all I'm going to say. I got it. <laughs> You're a noble man. Yeah. Um, well, we covered that second question. Oh, what was the second question? It was literally, how does one determine if a bagel is good or not? <laughs> air. It's air. You knew it was coming. Because it's kind of like a bread bowl. It's like the Jewish mm-hmm. bread bowl. You know, you need, if it's a flat thin sort of like toastable bagel mm-hmm. there's not enough of a curve in it to really put the, I, the yes, stuff on yeah. in it wait, wait so she scoops out her bagel because she's healthy oh you scoop it out are you I one of those do. car people i see i didn't even know that and i knew that you were that type of well, person oh you disgust me yeah. <laughs> you trapped me but i do toast my bagel you don't toast your bagel no never no oh never God. no see you're from Ar- this is yeah. disgusting i, I even have this hate raw bagels. you're a panera bagel person I would never. Oh! I have, but I would never again. <laughs> I know better now. Panera Bagel is the kind, you know, a Panera, because I'm St. Louis is where Panera started, St. Louis Bread Company. Oh. And oh. Yeah, it's a, thank you. And they <laughs> cut it up into those, like, they don't cut it in the middle. You can get it that way, but they do the whole thin slices where they, yeah. do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yeah, I would not do where that. Where they're like little, and you can just sort of put a little bit of cream cheese on it. And I even remember as a kid being like, this is bullshit. It is bullshit. I want all the cream cheese on a big piece of bread. Yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. That's so funny, Jess. Oh, my God. Um, okay. Next question slash game thing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know the answer to this. Is it bad luck? Well, it's for me. It's, I know. <laughs> Why don't you ask both of us? Uh, is it bad luck to name a baby before it's born? I don't give a fuck about baby. Okay. Um, Next. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't, uh, no. I don't I, want them. I, yeah, I don't care about baby. I mean, I do. There was a period in my life where I thought, especially after chemo, where I thought I maybe wanted to have kids. But it changes when, I mean, I got in a relationship with someone who is also a creative. And our lives just don't speak to having kids children yeah. at least mm-hmm. not now and it's i just don't think about kids but i get it that it's the whole idea of whatever i though know if i did have a child what i would name him or her scout oh that's cute like, now i because to kill a mockingbird oh, of course but yeah. mainly because i was a big fan of entertainment tonight when i was a kid mm-hmm. and when uh demi moore and bruce willis named their kid scout i, I was that. like that's such that a good name sense. and then i realized it was from a book and then i was like i should read that book and i wound up <laughs> loving that book but it really is because that's of demi hilarious. moore and bruce willis yes it's a great name are you superstitious at all because there's a superstition in judaism yeah. that if you name the kid after someone who's a living it's like bad luck I yeah i am superstitious not over that i my the only really superstitious mm-hmm. thing that i have is I won't write in red pen. Like I refuse to. Oh. What's the deal with that? I just I've never won't. Heard that. It's like a thing from my my mom never did. I can't. I mean it's just sort of like a visceral reaction when I see it. I'm like, I won't touch it. 
I just and then yeah. also it's alarming to look at. It's like yeah, you're not red. Grading Why are you putting red? It's not like, like I'm. You're gonna. Yeah, you're not grading me. I'm yeah. paying a or bill. Or it's like vandalism. Like yeah. I associate red no. with like. No. Canceled. Red's canceled. canceled. Red is all the way canceled. Yeah. Wait, JC, are you superstitious? Um. Yes. You are. How? But like, maybe not. When I was younger, I used to be really superstitious. In and what I, ways? Like I was. I had OCD as a child. I don't know how oh. I grew out of it, but I like went to therapy. Um, I mean, I didn't step on the cracks. I would ca- like count to three in my head before wow. I spoke just wow. in case. Like, I don't think oh, yeah, I'm that superstitious it- anymore, maybe. But I, like, yeah, I never I made know. the connection wow. between being like obsessive compulsive and superstitious and being Jewish. Like it all kind There's, of makes it makes sense. sense. <laughs> being neurotic. Are you superstitious? <laughs> yes. Oh. Very. Very. Mm-hmm. To the point where you won't do what? Like, I will not say certain things so as not to jinx myself. Mm. Oh, I, I don't believe in jinxing. Yeah, I don't, oh, think, I I don't do. think that exists. I don't think it exists either. I Because, w- you know, when you're like, I just had a job interview, but I'm not going to talk about it because then I won't get it. Yes. And then you just I think also fundamentally as a comedian, I cannot believe in that because I believe everything can be said and be funny. Me too. I yeah. agree. Yeah. We're the I, mean, I need to get here. over that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, okay. Oh, this question is funny. Okay. What should you do if you drop a kippah or a prayer book? What is there a rule to what I should be doing? There, yes, yes. Oh, there is. See, this is one of those things yeah. where you're like, I don't know, and now I feel inferior. Um, wait, if you drop a kippah or a prayer, what? or a prayer book, prayer book, um, you kiss it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. Okay, good. See, least funny question. Yeah. I yeah. That's fine. <laughs> it could be on Jewish Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> we can cut that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is kind of funny, though, to see people, like, in synagogue or whatever, like, kissing prayer books or, like, a keypad. It's like, it's... The whole kissing thing kind of grosses me out. Yeah. I, I'm not a germaphobe, but I don't want to kiss random things. Um, I don't blame you. Yeah, it just feels gross to me. But I also do think it's kind of sweet because there yeah. is, I mean, there is sort of, mm-hmm. like, your, I mean, I am a big hugger, and, and there is this sort of idea of, like, a really emotional, loving relationship you have with faith especially if you're you know going to temple regularly um i guess not like us uh <laughs> but and it there's something beautiful about it i think yeah. it's really endearing when you see especially younger kids at temple yeah. who are like mm-hmm. dragged there by their parents who are like flicking boogers on the wall and like yeah you know misbehaving but if they drop a prayer book or a kippah and they kiss it's kind of like oh mm-hmm. like something nice. stuck yeah it's nice i'm not still not gonna do it Um, is raisin challah gross yes that's the correct answer I I believe yes I love raisins I love raisins but I I don't like raisins in a lot of things except oatmeal cookies I love oatmeal cookies do people not like raisin challah I don't I will eat it don't get me me wrong I will eat most anything me too Um, and I will enjoy it and I will not ever say it's bad but I don't think it's good. Like I would oh, rather wow. have a challah that is just normal bread. Yeah, and then I can make it huh. sweet in my own way. Honey, butter, yeah. cream cheese, mm-hmm. French toast. Love. I had French toast this yeah. morning. Did you? Did. You are living. I'm having Shabbat a week. Shalom I'm to having you. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. I have this nutritionist because I have to like, I need to lose weight for my health, but also for something. And I, I, uh, I have this nutritionist that I'm working with, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do great this week. It's great. And then literally last I, night, we were recording until like midnight, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have a meal after I, whatever. It, nothing I went it. well. Yeah. So I had a chicken sandwich from Wendy's, and it was delicious. Oh, I just had Chick-fil-A for the first time like last was week. Was it delicious? Oh, it was also this week. Oh, my God. I'm As a homosexual, I should say you should not go there, but I want to go there. I needed mm-hmm. to know. Overrated. Is it overrated? That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. I feel like it would piss people off who support and like work for chick-fil-a to know that like gay people really enjoy their food (laughs) so i support it (laughs) that's such a great thought process (laughs) um okay all right next question next question is this the funny one (laughs) (laughs) aren't they all funny (laughs) um yes this is the funny one um something in your house breaks 
Do you fix it yourself or do you pay someone to fix it <laughs> you for you? Definitely pay someone. In fact, you get to a point where you get into a screaming match with your landlord. This is a story <laughs> from me where there's a window in my apartment. I live in Los Feliz. And oh, so there's, funny. yeah, it's nice. It's mm -hmm. a beautiful area, very trendy. And I, there's a window in my apartment that is the kind of window that, like, because there's an air, there's an old air conditioning unit in it from a previous tenant. Mm -hmm. And it's the window pane is just sort of fitted in there because it's such a weird window that it's not one that can be open and closed normally. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's a weird window. And it broke. The air conditioner broke. And I am not a heat person. I want to be cold. Me too. I want mm -hmm. to be comfortable and controlled. And so when it broke and I bought, I bought a new air conditioner and oh, with wow. the assumption that like my building manager or someone will have someone come put it in because... I bought it. I'm giving you that yeah. half part mm -hmm. of it. Like, there's a weird window. If it was an up and down window, okay, yeah, I should probably pay someone to come do it. I should do it myself. Like, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's a special window that I can't control yeah. why it's mm -hmm. fucked up. And, and so he that's said, their fault. Yeah. Yes, it's their fault. So he said, no, you have to do it. Or you have to pay 100 something to have one of my guys come do it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So then I contact my neighbor, who is this fierce black woman who's like, she is a former uh, private investigator. She were the only minorities in the building. I mean, I'm the gay side, she's mm -hmm. the race side, and we live in a building where our manager, we're pretty sure, is a Trump supporter. And right. we team up a lot of times when we're like, are we being fucked over? Is this like a marginalized thing, or is this legit? So I called her and I'm like, marginalized or legit? And she's like, oh, marginalized, because they tried to do the same thing to me. And then I threatened to take them to whatever court thing you do for rent things. I'm like, small business. And then it, and then it happened. She got it done. And then I was Hell like, yeah. nah, come oh. up and do it. It's because I'm gay. <laughs> yes. She was probably up there so quick. Yeah, so I will I will always pay someone to do something for me that I can't do. My I can't I can't do I remember as a kid I, I was trying to understand cars and my stepdad was like explaining something to me and he looked at this glossed over look on my face and he was like, Listen, you are good at the things you're good at for a reason. Pay yes. someone. Get AAA. Yes. Yeah. Triple A's the best. Yeah, I love AAA. Please sponsor us. Literally just used it. <laughs> I, yeah. I've used AAA more than any other service I've Do ever used. Do you use it for other people, though? Because I often, I've I only used it for other people. I've used it for other people when I've worked for people who couldn't do things for themselves. Oh, we're talking celebrities. Um, <laughs> or, yeah. But, <laughs> but I've also used it myself. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for AAA. Yeah, I use it. People, friends of mine lock themselves in the cars or get a flat and they don't have AAA. And I'm like, how are you over the age of 30 and don't yeah, have AAA no, and drive? Every, like, mm -hmm. it's 70 bucks a year. It's worth every penny. <sighs> yeah. I've been in many accidents. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so have I. All right. Yes. I can't drive. Can't We're living either. in the wrong city. I really can't drive either. Can't drive, and can't my boyfriend park. doesn't drive, and I'm the one that drives for us. Oy, it's like. I it's... made my boyfriend drive me here because I was like, it's too far. I'm going to get in an accident. <laughs> <laughs> I have to drive I, more. I told like, my boyfriend, I was like, you can come into the thing with me. And he's like, no, I don't want to be on a mic. I don't want to be near a mic. Drop me off at the mall. My boyfriend went to the mall. Oh, really? They're both at the mall? Oh, no. Um, he went to the um, Westfield the Century Center. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess they won't hang out. No, they won't. Next time. Okay, this is our last <laughs> <laughs> This is our last question. Oh, wow. Bloomingdale's is having a sale on boots. You have plenty of boots at home, but it's buy one, get one 50% off. Mm -hmm. Do you buy two pairs of boots and tell your friends about how much money you saved, or do you leave the store empty-handed? Okay. That feels like an obvious question. <laughs> In that, first off, there is no such thing as too many boots at home, ever. True. I love my boots. I thought you were going to say there's no um, such thing as a 50% sale at Bloomingdale's. It's true. There is no such thing as a 50% sale at Bloomingdale's. But also, I would never, I would leave the store empty-handed sometimes. Not in mm -hmm. this situation. I would definitely get the boots. Um, <laughs> but I will always tell people when I save money. Like, I, whenever there is a way of saving money, I will gladly and excitedly tell someone how I saved money. And so that then they could save money, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Or so that I can brag about saving right. money and that they didn't save. Yes. That's another reason. I do that a lot. There's just something about a deal that it's so it's hard to walk away from. Well, that's because we're Jewish. No. Um, <laughs> it's because my boyfriend's totally different. He doesn't care. He will just spend the money. Like, he doesn't. He, when, oh, so, uh, the Grove here in Los Angeles is a great example. So anyone not in L.A. listening to this, 
Validation works very differently here. It does not mean free. Correct. Ever. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, it's screwed up in a lot of ways. So there's the parking in the, the Grove part of the Grove, and then there's the parking in the mall part mm-hmm. of the Grove, or the farmer's market the part. Par- yes. yeah. And the validation is very different, and so I will often park at the farmer's market one to get the free Same. hour, run my errands at the Grove, and I will panic if I get to that hour mark where I need, haven't moved my car. Mm-hmm. And my brother's like, just pay the money. And I'm like, no, no. that is $3. <laughs> That Absolutely is $3, not, yeah, and no. I will not do it. I will drive out and drive back in if I have to <laughs> and go validate somewhere. <laughs> I will. I will not do it. No. I'm the same exact way. No. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes sense. Why? There it's was just one on time. principle. Yes. Like $3 to what? To leave my car somewhere? I could just leave it somewhere else for I, free. It's I had to go. Speaking of Bloomingdale's, I had mm. to go to Bloomingdale's like a week ago. I was in town for like two days, and we were going to go see um, the new Star Wars movie at the Grove. And I had to run to the Beverly Center, Bloomingdale's, to pick up the thing, the bag that they had to repair. And we were done with it early, so we were. it was like three-hour window before I could get to the movie theater. And I was like, well, I literally did the math in my head. If I go there now and park, I'm going to pay like $7 in parking oh, because mm-hmm. of the validation window at the movie theater. So we went to the farmer's market. I went in and got a coffee at Starbucks, and I validated so I'd have free parking for the hour. Then I moved my car to the main parking lot for the movie, get that free validation. With bam, boom, she's a penny saver. Sometimes I just Uber because I'm too stressed to like do the math (laughs) for parking calculations, and I just. I only Uber in Uber or Lyft in drag because I'm convinced that I'm going to get murdered in a lift at some point. Mm-hmm. Lift is scary. Lift is scary. Uber's also I've Uber had Uber scary too. I've had some very scary Ubers in strange cities. I not to like shame Uber, but I was in New York. Shame Uber. And I was in an Uber and the person driving the car hit a person <gasps> with their car. Oh my god. Uh, I had an Uber yep. driver show me their dick. That's worse. Like he just had it out. <laughs> that is like, worse. He was like playing with it. This was in South Carolina. He was playing with it, and I just sort of sat there and I reported him, of course. But yeah, like, of course. And during the drive, I don't know what to do. I don't want to get hurt. I don't. Want, you know what I mean? Like you can't. That's terrifying. What are you gonna say? Yeah. What are you gonna do? I mean, there are so many instances. Yeah, it's actually it's yeah. But in in drag, I can't drive in drag, and it's right. like literally. Yeah. That's the one time where not only do I take an Uber, but I pay extra for like the fancy Uber. Yeah. Does your hair like touch the ceiling? The hair touches the ceiling, but also you want to show up in a like a little bit of a class. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know what in I mean? You got an Uber black. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Not like a you Ford wanna, Fiesta. You wanna, you, and you add it <laughs> in to your to your your budget or your rider when you when you get like you tell them like yes. this is the car I'm taking, pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Love crazy that. that we like still after all these horror stories, we still take Uber and Lyft. I mean, no I like to drink. I, I'm not going to drink and yes. drive. Yeah, you can take that's a so cab. true. Take a cab, what? I took a they cab home still. from LAX. To oh my Silver God, hundred something, right? I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. But yeah, it was $89. I did that before. $89? I, t- I took one, it was like 120 or 30 something. I remember being shocked by it from LAX to like Hollywood. Horrible. Insane. Insane. That's upsetting. Yeah. So no thank you to your cab idea. All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Calling a friend again. <laughs> um, how do you feel? How do, right, right at this moment? Yeah. yeah. Well, about the work we've done I have tonight. been thinking a lot about heart attacks. So I've been, <laughs> like that's been like on my head for like a week. So I I feel <laughs> conflicted and like my chest is heavy. Do you always think you're having a heart attack? I always I think I'm dying. I went to the hospital yeah. for like I thought I was having a heart attack and they were like, "Oh, you just like have anxiety. You're just stressed." And I was, that sucked. Wait, really? So yeah. what did you feel? Well, I clearly wasn't having a yeah. heart attack. <laughs> There's I just But I felt <laughs> like, but what were you feeling before you and went my into chest the hospital? Hurt. I was yeah. having like um, indigestion. I was having that too. And I was like, oh, definitely having a heart attack. Okay, I've been um, thinking about this. So. Can I tell you? I drove from San Francisco to Los Angeles because my we spent the holidays with my boyfriend's family up in the Bay, and I had a lot of Mexican food because it's a Mexican family, mm-hmm. and I had such indigestion that I, on the way back I started having indigestion, and then I got back here and then I had to travel again, and. My chest started hurting, and I was like, these are the warning signs of a heart yeah. attack. Like They are the warning signs of a heart attack, but, but they're also the warning signs of indigestion. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about heart attacks and indigestion. Yeah. They're so similar, but you can play so Also, I'm quite too easily. young to have a heart attack, right? Like, that's what they yeah, say. Yeah. Like, like, men are 45, and women are like 40 or something. Women oh, don't really? usually get them, Yeah, according to the 
Oh, really? It's I thought heart disease among women was like big. Well, that's different though. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's wow. genetic. Is right? it? I don't, I don't know. know. No. I don't I know. Do know. I'm dumb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same girl. <laughs> I'm literally like Googling being like, heavy chest. Like chest stroke. hurts. I'm having, and then they're like, oh, I have a pain in my middle finger. I'm definitely having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I truly always think I'm having a heart attack or a stroke. I went to the person, I went to the gym like two weeks ago and I had a pain in my arm and I went, because I'm like I kiki with the like lady who runs the desk at the front, like mm-hmm. we're really close. Mm-hmm. And I went up to her and I was like, I really think I'm having like a stroke or something. Like, <laughs> she, like, she, she was like, like on your she was like, you're at a gym. <laughs> like you probably, probably did you work out? Yourself. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> like I barely worked oh, out. Is your heart rate elevated? Yeah. <laughs> probably because you just got off the cardiovascular machine. Yeah. I was literally <laughs> on the elliptical watching like, like watching happening? like some true crime doc on Netflix or something just literally like going away feeling it. I was like, I'm having a stroke. Sometimes if you don't drink enough water, it'll feel... That's also my problem today, too. I didn't drink enough water. I've had coffee, like, all day long. That'll do it. I know. Well, I think that about covers That's it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Is there anything else you want to talk about? It's a short short and sweet. It is short and sweet. sweet. I love it. Oh, my God. Um, Okay. Well, what do I want to talk about? So, you're both Reformed Jews. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, interview us now. Are you in in relationships? I am. You have a boyfriend, I know, because he's at the mall. He's not Jewish. What is he? He's from St. Louis. Um, That's right. Yes, we talked about that. He's not religious. Okay. Same. Um, Boyfriend, same. I think he was raised... Christian, not Catholic. Okay. But like, I secretly don't know the difference, and I never mm. will. You need to text him right now, actually, and ask what high school what he high went school to. And then, you? what relationship? Oh, oh. Or are you in a relationship? I'm not in a relationship. Oh, you see, so you're single and ready mm-hmm. to mingle. Now, are you date? Are you only dating Jews? No, I have no preference. And do you think that because there is a big debate within Jewish culture right now on intermarriage? So, like, having, especially in Israel, but like here in the U.S. too, the whole idea of strengthening the Jewish community that we need to. I mean, my thinking is we need to, like, actually start getting in relationships with non-Jews yeah. so that more people can be accepting and loving of Jewish people. I do agree. I agree with you. You know what I mean? And, now, and have mm-hmm. knowledge yeah. of Jewish culture. They have that birthright program for inter, not interracial, inter-religion. Interfaith. Oh, yeah, interfaith. Yeah. <laughs> the inter- interfaith couples. Yeah, and I think it's so, so key. I it's, think it's key, too. Yeah, it's I really, think it's awesome. Because, like, Jews are, like, like a speck on the earth. Like, there's just so few of us around in the world. I mean, because mm-hmm. of tragedy. But, yes. like, there's so, oh, he texted you back. There's oh, so okay. few of us <laughs> that, like, you know, to strengthen and to grow numbers and to maybe, maybe the children of the people who are in mixed sort of faith marriages and relationships, maybe they'll be like, oh, maybe I'll want to live Jewishly in the future. And then that will strengthen and just add to the numbers. My, Keep I mean, it up. Yes. Only my date non-Jews. mom is you got Jewish. It. My dad is now Jewish, but he was oh, not. He converted. Before. Oh, yeah. Wow. That, we need to have your dad on. The it's podcast. usually the opposite too, where like the woman convert. Because I in, that, my, in my conversion class, that there were no men that were converted. Really? It was wow. all wives. It was all wives. That's interesting. And like usually elder, elderly women. You take the mother's okay. religion in Judaism. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah. feel like it's usually. It was all women converting in my class. I had no men. Which was very strange, and I was the only like dude that wasn't in a relationship and wasn't old. That's so. I don't say old in a mean way. I just no, mean like not yeah. like you know. There's the of type of person who converts typically is someone who is getting married right. or mm-hmm. end of life. Like their spouses died and they knew they oh, were Jewish man. their whole time, and then they yeah. There's a lot of those. Whoa, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. What high school did he go to? Lafayette. Oh, Lafayette! (laughs) So my first boyfriend, Nick, he was uh, Vincent Price's great, great, great grandson. I don't know how great it was. He went to Lafayette. Really? Yeah. Wonder if really big. Okay. The family's not. We're done. We're done. Okay. Bye. (laughs) On that note. Bye. Thanks for joining us, H. Allen. You can find him on Twitter at H. Allen Scott and on Instagram at H. Allen Scott. If you're a fan of the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and don't forget to rate and review us. Follow us on Insta at PrayForUsPod. If you feel like it, you can send us a note at PrayForUsPod at gmail.com. See you next time. Uh, uh, uh,